I mean, we talked about a little sacrifice circles with the little creepy hands peeling away at people like little kids opening Starburst wrappers. <laughs> that is a great metaphor. You are really good with the <laughs> metaphors. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's what I do. Whatever, I'll speak at both your funerals. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. Yeah, there he is. Here with us again, Magellan, <laughs> serving as our guest host. I'm honored to be back as the next in a series of Deus Ex Machinas. I'm just the latest character that's come to save you when you would have died otherwise. We were going to use the reject mics. Because, as you all know, <laughs> oh, Mike... <God. laughs> you have a basement full of mics. No. <laughs> Let me just say, having been down to the basement recently, we got the best one, for sure. <laughs> those other ones are... You don't want those other ones. But we also have a guest. He is the Deputy Director of Communications for the Mayor's Office of Birmingham, Alabama. But he's here to talk about some of the things he loves, which include sci-fi and anime and heroes. So please welcome to the show, Edward Bowser. What's up, y'all? Woo! Welcome. Real authority. We're moving up all the way up to the <laughs> highest <laughs> echelons the of, of government. Yes, we're climbing all the way up. Next year for Full Metal Alchemist 2003, Joe Biden's going to be in the pilot episode. Going from clones in the basement to the deputy director <laughs> of Birmingham to the president. You guys are putting in work. <laughs> we're moving on up. Let's start things off by asking you, Edward, the question we always ask whenever we have a brand new guest, which is how did you get started with Full Metal Alchemist? Man, that's a great question because I'm a long, long time anime fan. I'm sure I'm the anime old head as far as this podcast is concerned. <laughs> so I'm from the era where we were watching anime and we didn't know it was anime. Like my first anime may have been Voltron or something. But back then, anime was just chopped up cartoons that were imported from overseas and presented to us as like, oh, here's a cool cartoon. But as part of my job and something that like I'm a former journalist and now I'm working in communications, I've always been about storytelling. That's always been my thing. I love good stories. And the reason why as a kid I liked anime based stories, whether it was Voltron or whatever, is because the stories were deeper. Like I'm a fan of mm -hmm. He-Man and G.I. Joe, but most of those stories, you know, self-contained. Skeletor do some crap. He-Man beats him up. And then next episode, it's like none of that ever happens. And we do it all over again. The anime-based stories, whether it was Voltron or like later on with Sailor Moon and that stuff, it was a long, continuous story. And that always appealed to me because it made it seem like there were actual stakes in every episode. So you had to watch to make sure you were keeping up with the story. So that's how I got into anime. But as far as Full Metal, I watched the first, the non-Brotherhood series. I watched a few episodes of that, I guess, during the first run on Cartoon Network. I thought it was all right, but I never really got into it. But it's only been maybe in the past two years that I was like, you know what? I'm going to check out Brotherhood because everyone says that's the superior series. Don't flame me on Twitter if you disagree. I'm just telling you what I heard. Her brother <laughs> was the superior series. So that's why I went with that one. So I went with that. I loved it. It's great. The storytelling is amazing. I just really gravitated toward it. And the other day I was kind of ranting about it on Twitter, as I always do. And Michelle hit me up and here I am. So I was really pulled into it just because of the storytelling, the action, I mean, the main character's name is Ed, like me, so what can I do? Gotta support the Eds. Uh, solidarity. Get it? 
Okay. Oh. Okay. All right, Arthur. That's uh, good. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. You need a heal. Guys, you need a heal. Every podcast needs a heal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into talking about this week's episode, which is called Eternal Leave. It was directed by Yoshifumi Sueda. Strangely enough, this is the only episode they directed in the entire show. They've worked as an episode director and storyboard artist for Bleach, Tokyo Ghoul, Paranoia Agent, and more. Funny enough, they also worked as part of CG movie management for Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. <laughs> the best Sonic game. <laughs> it was written by Seishi Minakami, who wrote eight episodes total, including The Immortal Legion, Raving at Full Throttle, Daydream, Shape of This Country, and more. This is their last episode of the show. So sound out the cannon. <laughs> it's the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap they'll have 21 seconds to tell us what happened in this week's episode and that person will be chosen by the roll of a dice if he lands on one it's me if he lands on two it's arthur if he lands on three it's magellan if he lands on four it's our guest edward so let's roll the dice three. Oh, that's me right yep that's, that's you, you. Oh, ho, ho. okay cool three two one go okay so if you're me watching this episode this is really the story of king bradley showing up looking really hot kind of with his shirt rolled up and I, i'm sorry to say but he's a good looking guy and i don't remember what else happened but at least he kept that shirt relatively clean throughout the course of the episode so. no i'm just i'm just kidding i'm just kidding come on other stuff happens. Everybody tries to convene and we run into like a weird mini boss with a gold tooth or something. And then uh, the eye of truth swallows our sacrifices. That's the episode pretty much. Uh, and then Fu gets totally. I was like, we forgot about Fu. That shirt was not so pretty after Fu. Yeah, well. You know who else forgot about Fu? <laughs> Everyone else in the show. <laughs> I also forgot about Fu. I gotta Fu be absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fu. I'm sorry, Fu. And Buccaneer. Let's not forget, Buccaneer also died. <laughs> let's, oh, let's, yeah. yes, no, forget. That I forgot. Buccaneer. I forgot he died. <laughs> Lest we forget <laughs> Fu and Buccaneer. Yeah, Fu went out like a G. I appreciated the way Fu went out. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was over, but he went out well. Fu died like three times, essentially. Uh -huh. <laughs> first, oh, yeah. first he died, and then he's like, but now I'm going to really die by strapping the dynamite to me. And then the wicks get chopped off. That was so that cool. Was, that's a heartbreaking moment. You know, you can't even... But also, what do you think was going to happen, man? Right. <laughs> also, like, Bradley could have just cut him in half, but he had to do the most disrespectful thing of, like... Right. Just barely cutting the wicks off the dynamite and slicing a tiny incision across his abdomen to show him, like, this is the extent of power I have over you, is I could have completely <laughs> killed you, but I'm only just killing you enough. I know. Absolutely. And it was that little bit of restraint that uh, allowed Buccaneer to come in and do the through foo stab. It was only what it was. Because I remember foo dying in this episode. So I thought that the first time that Bradley got him, that was it. So when he came running back with a little mm -hmm. candlesticks on his waist, I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot about this part. And then he chops the wicks and the Buccaneer <laughs> tries his thing and they still took an L. Yeah. But that's how it goes when you go against my boy Bradley. They tried. <laughs> Ling, Ling did his thing in the end. We'll talk about that later. But Ling at least yeah. did a little something. Fu got run through. Ling did his thing. And... Uh... <laughs> And Buccaneer is also here. Is this the new Kanye West album we were talking about? <laughs> yeah. 
I like the moment where both of them yell stubborn old fool <laughs> or stubborn old bastard or something. I yeah. like that. I thought that was, oh, that was interesting. Fun. Yeah, them yelling in unison. They're in sync. No, they're the Backstreet Boys. But anyway. <laughs> I think my favorite moment was when Fu is basically like, hey, thank you for restoring my dignity seconds before I died. But I think the other thing to talk about is like, why does greed in unison with Ling yell after Fu? Like, I think what's interesting about the Greeling character is investigating greed as a homunculus. Like, to what extent does he feel sentimental? And we've kind of looked at that with wrath as well and with pride, too, when he was talking about, like, my mom saved me and stuff. And so I think that moment's interesting just because it makes you think, like, is greed saying that because he's losing a follower who's valuable to his goals, or is he genuinely upset that this guy's gonna die? It's cool. It's almost like they're they're melding a little bit. Yep. The way I look at it, to use a comic book reference, if you look at it, because I mean, this is all like reminiscences of like Spider-Man and the symbiotes and all that stuff. And if you know like comics, you have like Eddie Brock and Venom or whoever he is in the comics now. I can't remember. Then you have like Carnage and Cletus Cassidy. And whereas Venom is always we, Cletus and Carnage are like us, like they're one. And I feel like at this point, and it doesn't happen over the whole series, but this is one of the points where they do kind of coincide, so to speak. And that's why they're on the same page. So I do think that whether, you know, Greed is just pissed off because all Ling is getting like distracted and you need to be distracted or he really does care. This is one of the times where they like to become one. It goes back to the question that's being raised regarding Greed. Sure, Greed is greedy, but his outcome is more positive than the outcome of the other homunculi. Because ultimately, his desire for possession is also a desire for companionship. It's like, it's a bit of a fucked up power dynamic, but at the same time, it's more positive human interactions than any of the other homunculi. <laughs> you know, it's baked in the language, like my mom, my brother, my friend. I think something that the show is ultimately trying to drive at with the homunculi and, and greed here is sort of like reintegrating sin into our humanity. That's a conversation that Hohenheim and father had in the previous episode, I think. Where Hohenheim's like, you know, when you take these things out of yourself, you're becoming less human. The show is not saying like these sins are evil so much as it's saying like when we try to like distance ourselves from them or deny them, then they exaggerate and become unhealthy. But if we incorporate them into our daily existence and like name them and maybe it's not so bad and we can sort of like make that part of our humanity it's kind of like baked in the human cake like what we are is what we are and when father's doing his weird stuff to separate i mean it's taking away the humanity part of it. i think you're absolutely right there i love that baked into the human cake <laughs> i'm gonna steal that one day that's good yeah <laughs> yes feel free i will not steal the backstreet boys joke though oh edward <laughs> smart move oh, now you gotta leave it in michelle sorry oh, Shoot, darn it. <laughs> yep. I think it's not a coincidence that this is the episode where we get a payoff for a thing that I had remembered, but I'm surprised the show remembered, which is what happened to all the other people who didn't get to be Fuhrer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the strong, evil dads. <laughs> so on the episode where a character rejecting the viewpoint of the bad guys and accepting that other people are necessary, we also get a reminder 
of like, here's what happened to all the other people that were considered unnecessary and we could just throw them out with the trash. Like, they're still here and they're still being used as weapons. Yeah, they're being used as, as tools, essentially. I like the kind of army of dad bod guys. <laughs> they're like, they're all kind of, because not only are they like reject Führers, but they're like the same age as him too. So they're kind of right. all So like, they're all kind of old. <laughs> they're all kind of like in their... Like early 50s. I liked how the gold tooth doctor guy knew them by, I guess he would because like he's kind of their dad, but like he knew them by numbers, like 26, 28, 27, like all these great value Brad lists that somebody ordered from Wish. Like you can tell these guys apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> that reminded me of the fact that Honoheim's first name was Slave Number 23. So uh. I thought it was interesting how the last episode, there was that moment where Honeheim was like, you say you're better than humans, but you created a family and you named yourself father. And even in the offshoot of his offshoots and even in like the leftovers of the experiment that actually technically succeeded, father is still recreating the things that he saw when he was inside that little jar. Man, that's deep. I hadn't even thought of that. Yes. Edward, I don't want to put you on any kind of hot seat or anything like that, but I do have a question for you. So you work with the mayor's office in Birmingham, Alabama, and I want to know if that Is it in changed... a big castle? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live in a castle. That's work. <laughs> okay. Good. Is there a huge ramp leading up to the mayor's office? <laughs> yep, lots of lava pits. <laughs> I want to ask you, did your time with politics, did you working with politics, did that change the way you see the show? Well, I started working because I haven't, he's been, the mayor's been in office four years. I just came aboard with him. This is like the fourth year. And the reason why I always hesitated to like get into politics, because I was a friend of his before he took office and he was like, yo, when I'm get on, I'm going to put you on, you know, that type of thing. And I'm like, I, I do. I, but he actually did. <laughs> and one thing that I was always hesitant about was working as a journalist it felt weird because as you see from this show i always saw the cd underbelly i saw you know all the deception and and i won't say that you know birmingham was not freaking a mistress but it, it's still powerful. are you saying there's a transmutation circle under birmingham is that what you're trying to tell us yeah, blink twice I mean, if that's true <laughs> oh, this is a podcast. Damn it. It might be gluttony running around up under it. I don't know. But <laughs> the point is, it's like being on that side, I was always a little hesitant. So when I watched this show and when I watched this, I was maybe two or three years in. Yeah, there were some themes that really kind of resonated with me. Thankfully, we don't have any of that crazy stuff going on in our in our administration. But it does hit you a different type of way when you realize to me how powerful the art of persuasion is and how people in positions of leadership mm. can sway people to do pretty much what they have because they almost have this almost like this cult of personality. The best leaders are able to influence good or bad. So you have to have leadership that's wise and leadership that's responsible. And as you see right now, at this point in the story, it ain't what we got because you have outside factors influencing what's going on and unfortunately that happens a lot in politics so yes a lot of these things hit me differently if i watched the show during the original one in like 2010 or whenever it first came out it would not have hit me the way it hit me when i watched it a couple years ago i I'm, i was just <laughs> i have nothing but to say but i agree yeah i mean we we watched this show over the past year there's been parallels ed 
who's your favorite character in Brotherhood? Oh, man. I will say <laughs> this. Most anime, I have, like, one character I love, a bunch of characters that are just okay, and then, like, one <laughs> character I can't stand. <laughs> like, that's just how it is. So. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I want to hear all three. <laughs> But the thing about Brotherhood is that's not really the case because I usually like the villains. So, like, most of those are the ones I kind of gravitate to. If this was a regular anime, I probably would love Father. I don't really love Father. It kind of gets on my nerves. I kind of love most of the homunculi. Envy's probably my favorite. So I might have to go with that. But, man, I just love the characters because a lot of them are, they're layered. So, and I think of all of them, the the layers of envy kind of hit me the most. So I'll go with envy. I might change my answer down the road because, of course, everybody's like, you got to like Ed, but envy's probably my guy. I find myself going from character to character. Like, oh, I really, and that's what this show does to you. It's like when each character has a really great moment, you're like, oh, wait, no, I changed it. That's my favorite character, a boon of the show even. Yeah, but what? who's the character you can't stand? Yeah, it, it, okay, if there were a character, because I know Michelle has someone as a character that he's really hoping you'll say. If you had to pick one for Brotherhood, what is the character you can't stand? Who do I hate in Brotherhood? Um, Do you want some hints? <laughs> okay, or, you, or like the least. What's Ed's girlfriend's name? I'm blanking on her name. The um, his girlfriend. Winry, Winry gets on my nerves a little bit. Mm. All right. Are you sure you don't want to say like a different character, maybe someone smaller of a different species? <laughs> smaller and of a All different right, uh, species. Pulling back the curtain here. No, Michelle no, 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 come on. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's out. Panda's oh, out of the bag. Oh, yes, I forgot so, about... Okay, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Oh! Oh, wow. And Winry isn't bad. Winry just gets a little annoying. Kind of a little soccerish from Naruto. But yeah, the panel was a lot. I forgot totally. Just like poor Buccaneer, I forgot about the panel. Like, why are you here? <laughs> yes! Thank you! Well, there there you go. One person from Michelle's camp. I would say Edward counts for 10 because his name is Edward and the main character is called Edward. So <laughs> Okay, fair. So we're like almost tied. <laughs> you got a character from the show. Also, the king of the Koopas from Mario. You know, I got both yeah, sides. That's, t- that's another 10 right there. That's another 10 that's right there. I Powerful endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I had a gripe that I just wanted to throw out there. Welcome to Jones Grapes. I've got 99 problems, but old metal alchemist. Chain one. Yeah, this is what I'm known for. In general, I was not a fan of the Gold Tooth Doctor. The show doesn't seem to care that much about him either because in the interstitial card, he's just called Goldtooth Doctor and he doesn't have a name. And I was really not into when the camera like shows you his gold tooth. It's like, look, he has a gold tooth. And then it goes up to his eyes behind his glasses and it's like, look, his eyes are pointed in different directions. That's how you know he's evil. And it's like, yuck, come on, guys. Let's not do that. (laughs) That was really the only part of the episode that I actively 
was upset by, but I thought otherwise it was pretty good. Yes, his weird gecko chameleon eyes. Yeah, that, that I did not remember <laughs> until viewing. Yeah, I was kind of expecting his eyelids to like blink sideways. <laughs> I know, it's funny because that's a reveal you can only have in anime because you can't see past people's eyeglasses in anime. Right. <laughs> right. All of a sudden you can see like under him and it's like, oh, that's why. I don't like the dynamic of like, how do we tell you this guy's evil? We like make his body look a little different than typical yeah. people. And it's right. like, that's not cool. Yeah, it's, that's a little wrong. Yeah, I mean, plenty of people have gold tooths. Right. I think my mom does have a gold tooth. My grandma used to have one. She wasn't a creepy person with gecko eyes. She, she didn't cool. have a basement full of clones. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I don't remember going in the basement. <laughs> I, I know. I could yeah. be the clone. Little did Edward know that there was an Edward Mario and Edward Luigi and Edward Peach and Edward Toad. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Fuhrer variant. <laughs> Magellan! Yes. It's time for you to go out into the baseball field and to make a guess in everybody's favorite segment, Magellan at the field. This is the moment of the podcast where Mike, but in this case, Magellan, has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the episode title and the thumbnail. So Magellan, will you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Sacrifices? Okay, the thumbnail is just Greeling making a concerned face. Here's my current, you can cut this if you've talked about this before, but the only real like big questions that I have left are two, and they all revolve around like truth, the gate of truth in this whole thing. It feels like Father is trying to imitate or emulate whatever it is the gate of truth is and that that is like some kind of higher power or something when father's saying like i'm going to become the perfect being he's trying to get closer and closer to that and so i think we're going to get an answer with the eyes maybe not the next episode but if the next one's called sacrifices we're going to understand what does it mean for someone to be a sacrifice and uh, the other thing that i'm wondering is like throughout the entire show we've had this law of equivalent exchange and a few episodes ago, Al was starting to question, what if there doesn't have to be this rule? What if we can have like two things at once? And so maybe we're going to start to learn that this rule is not necessarily like a neutral law of the universe, but it's a rule created by some kind of power that can be overturned or redefined or, or something like that. And that might tie into this gate of truth thing as well. So I don't know. But I think some of that stuff might start to get answered next time. Hmm. We'll know soon if he got it right. <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Musical guest, father, and your host, Van Hohenheim. <laughs> now that Magellan has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying, boy. Mm, I'm going to give this discussion five stars, but I'm going to give the episode four stars. Cool. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. It was good. I think the extra half stars bumped up because the way food died was pretty cool. But there are the things that it just felt a little. We've had some really good ones lately, and this one felt there were some things that were just a little more shakily explained. And like, it's still super fun, but it it's just not as good as the last two. There were some really great visual moments. I think the entire sequence of 
Fu trying to make a sacrifice and then getting completely rocked and then Buccaneer making the sacrifice for both of them was like more moving than I expected. But the gold tooth doctor stuff is dumb. It was like a video game mini boss thing that I didn't love. I'm landing on 3.5 also, I think. Now I'll have to kind of just throw it out there just for transparency's sake. Again, I've watched the whole series, but this one episode is the first one I've watched in like well over a year, probably two years. So I don't have the perspective of watching them back to back to back. So I'm just like judging it in a bubble, this one. And I loved it because we got the action. We had a little goofy gold tooth frog doctor. His stuff was whatever. But <laughs> it just reminded me why I love the show because we saw the progression of the plot a little bit as far as some things that will be revealed later on, some hints that were dropped. Bradley was doing his thing. So easy four stars for me. And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analyst. So I'd like to take this moment to thank our guests for coming. Thank you so much, Edward. It was a pleasure having you here. I had a ball. Hopefully I can come through again. It was such a great time. Good to meet y'all. You too. Where can people find you online? If you have a digital device, you can find your boy. So I am on Twitter at E.T. Bowser. I am on Facebook as my name, Edward Bowser. Instagram as Edward Bowser. And if you like talking pop culture, music, all that good stuff, you can go to soulandstereo.com where my site has all that and more. And I'm probably on some other stuff that I'm forgetting, but those are the main ones I'm on. So check your boy out. And before you go, could you please give us your best full metal alchemist, just like the little interstitials they have in the middle of the episode? Full metal alchemist. And of course, thank you so much, Magellan, for being here, for being our guest host. Always a pleasure yeah, to have you course. here. I'll be a Mike clone any day you want me to be. Plug your stuff, please. I'm coming to this from another television watching show called Chats, a television podcast, C-H-A-T-Z, because we spell it a cool way. We watch all sorts of stuff. We usually pick a show, watch it two episodes a week. Right now we're in the midst of Twin Peaks, which has been really fun. And Michelle and Arthur came on a little while ago, probably a couple months ago, to the show, which was a blast to record. So... If you only like listening to shows that involve uh, Michelle and Arthur, then you're in luck because we did one of those. But you can find us yeah, anywhere you find podcasts, chats, a television podcast. We're named actually Peaks Chats, a Twin Peaks podcast right now. So I should say that's that's how you can find us probably. Go check it out. And if you don't want to face off against a gold tooth doctor, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frost, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Peace.